Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. It's Fourth Down in the Steel City, and at this moment, the Steelers are still alive for playoff contention. Let's go, unless you're listening late Sunday evening. In which case, I suppose the Miami Dolphins could have beat the New England Patriots and the Steelers' season is over. It's a podcast. You could be listening to it, I guess. I could be dead. I mean, who knows? What's up, Finley? It's Crowley. No calling. We got Greg Finley, who typically produces the podcast. You know who he is. He's been doing the podcast more than me lately. What's going on, buddy? Uh, You know, it's interesting that... It comes down to the fact that the Steelers need help once again. Same thing happened last year. It didn't look like it was going to happen, and everything that they needed to happen happened, which makes me feel very optimistic that they still have a shot at this thing. Yeah, I know that they have a 2% chance, or whatever it is, right, depending on 538 or ESPN's (laughs) predictive index and all that, but I don't think it's really – I don't know that it's realistic that it happens – but I don't think it's super far-fetched. I, I don't think it's an easy thing for the Jets, for instance, to go into Seattle and win that game. Seattle's a tough place to play. Seattle's also playing for a playoff berth. This Mike White might be better than Zach Wilson. In fact, he is better than Zach Wilson. But it doesn't mean his ass is good. So I don't think that's totally unrealistic that they go in there despite being a favorite and lose, the Jets that is. I don't think it's unrealistic at all that the Miami Dolphins go into New England with Teddy Bridgewater and lose that game. I think it's likely that in the last week of the season, New England loses to Buffalo. Yep. And I don't think it's all that far-fetched to think that the New York Jets beat the Miami Dolphins in the final week of the season. So I realize it's a 2% chance, but... Those things all seem plausible to me, Finley. I, I think the same thing, and I was saying that earlier uh, this week. Like I think the Steelers, I think the hardest part about this whole thing is beating the Ravens on Sunday night football in Baltimore. I don't, I don't think New England beating Miami's far-fetched at all. Agreed with you there. Seattle should be the favorite against the Jets. I don't know. Wrong team favorite. I don't know who's coming up with those lines, but I, I disagree with that one. Seattle at home, much more dangerous team. And then, you know, week 18, the Jets could beat the Dolphins, especially with no Tua. And um, 
New England's going to lose to Buffalo if Buffalo's still playing for the one seed. They're going to try and win. So, yeah, I think the hardest part is can the Steelers beat the Ravens on Sunday night football? So I've been so laser-focused, as Penguins coach Mike Sullivan would say, on just the Steelers' scenarios. But what do we want to see happen from a Steelers fan perspective if we're looking at this one-seed race in the AFC? Because we do want Buffalo playing for something that final week. So do you want them beating Cincinnati? Are they tied with Kansas City right now? Uh, I'm pretty sure Buffalo is the one seed because they beat Kansas City, so they would own the tiebreaker. So they own the tiebreaker. Yes. So what we really need to happen, we being Steelers fans, the six souls that we are in the last six years without winning a playoff game, what we really need to happen is the Kansas City Chiefs to win their football game. Oh, and they're playing the Broncos. Yeah, they'll be okay. So they're going to be fine. (laughs) Enough Broncos. You know what? When this NFL season's over, usually I get sad because, oh, man, no more football. And even if the Steelers don't make the playoffs, it's still the playoffs, so you're jacked up until the Super Bowl, and then you get sad. I'm not going to be sad when this regular season's over because that means I don't have to accidentally see the Denver Broncos anymore. (laughs) This is one of the hardest watches in my entire life, from a football consumption standpoint, they are dog poop, man. Dog poop. They went and got Russell Wilson, and they got fleeced by the Seahawks in that deal. <laughs> I'm thrilled that you bring up Russell Wilson, because that's exactly where I wanted to go, my friend. Josh Dobbs gets the start on Thursday night football. He was not good against the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, he threw a touchdown. He did okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> like a 50% completion percentage. Whatever. Josh Dobbs, good guy, rocket scientist. But Malik Willis was benched. And I thought, okay, they want Malik Willis to be healthy for their winner-take-all game, Jacksonville, Tennessee, in the final week of the season. But Paul Kuharski, who has been covering the Tennessee Titans since, well, they were probably the Houston Oilers, He said, no, this was a flat-out benching, and they kind of want to see what Josh Dobbs could do, but they are not enamored with Malik Willis. Now, this hurts me deeply because I liked Malik Willis in the draft. In fact, I wanted the Steelers to take Malik Willis instead of Kenny Pickett. Too early for me to think of myself as a giant-ass idiot. (laughs) I mean, I think think Tennessee's giving up on Malik Willis way too fast. Like good call. If good take. If if you look at Kenny Pickett's first game when he came in and he throws an interception against the Jets and they lose the game, that would be like the Steelers fans go, "Oh, this guy stinks. We, they should never go back to him ever again." At Tennessee, they're trying to make the playoffs. Still, Tannehill's out. They're going with Josh Dobbs in a <laughs> winner take all next week instead of the guy they drafted in the draft this year. Come on. I bet it'll be Malik Willis next week because Dobbs didn't play well either. But, man. They're in a heap of heart right now. They sure are. And the thing about Malik Willis, my man, is he needed to sit a year. Kenny Pickett had to come in and play. He was the most NFL-ready quarterback in the draft. But Malik Willis, this is a guy who's got, I still think, supreme talent and upside that was absolutely not ready to play in the NFL year one. He needed tutelage. I love that word tutelage he needed to be groomed a little bit what stinks though is that the team that he got groomed for was against the texans and he lost like if there's one team that you go okay this is a game that 
our rookie quarterback can get right in or can get some experience in, it's the Houston Texans defense. And Another good take by you. Unfortunately, he lost that game. Another good Greg Finley take. That's okay. two in a row. Here's, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Is the NFL and NBC actually going to put Jags Titans on Sunday Night Football next week? Oh, I hope to God. There's this account that I follow on Twitter. It's about college football. It's called the Sickos account. Okay. And it's just about, like, they love games like Iowa Northwestern, where it's 6-3 to three with two minutes to go, and then there might be a safety, and they'll say that's the game of the year. So they, they like the weird. Sign me up for that, man. That is the Sickos equivalent of the NFL. A winner-take-all Jags-Titans game with both teams under 500. Malik Willis against pretty boy Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, I need it. What's this mean for the Steelers? If they're alive, they play Sunday, right? But if they're dead in the water, it's just a random game against the Browns on Saturday. Is that how the schedule quirk's going to go? I don't think it's Saturday. I think they're doing the games that actually matter at 1 o'clock and then the crappy games at 4 at o'clock. At 4. The Steelers did, I saw earlier in the year, and it might have changed, there was a possibility of the Steelers playing on Saturday. But now it looks as though all the games are TBD on Sunday. So they might play a couple of Saturday games next week? I'm speaking out of my backside here, Greg. Okay. I'm not okay. 100% sure. I mean, th- this schedule next week, that's why I asked that question. Because I'm looking at this schedule, and most of these teams have already clinched a playoff spot or are terrible. And I look at Tennessee and Jacksonville as it's winner-take-all, and NBC might just be like, all right, this is the only game that's actually worth our time that it, up for a playoff spot. But does Tariko really get excited for Jags-Titans? If Tariko's got money on it. I'm, <laughs> listen, a winner-take-all game. Here's what they need to do, though. They need to put on the graphic on NBC, winner is in, right? Yeah. And then just... Don't put their records on the screen. Correct. And just make us all think, oh, my God, these two Titans battling for Southern supremacy. And really, it's just the Jags and the Titans. I did want to say, on the topic of Malik Willis, before we move this bad boy along to the actual game people give a rip about, which is Steelers-Ravens, boy, all the options for quarterback, realistic or otherwise, this offseason that the Steelers could have acquired, I think they wound up in the best possible situation with Kenny Pickett, dude. Malik Willis, he has not really played well. He has zero touchdown passes and three interceptions. Aaron Rodgers is not having a typical Aaron Rodgers season, and he's an asshole. So I'm happy that the Steelers don't have to deal with all that bull. You don't have Russell Wilson, who I'm telling you, in a Matt Canada offense probably would have been better than what he's shown with Hackett. But I still don't think the Steelers would be in necessarily a great spot. Who am I missing? Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. He gets benched. I think you're right. Kenny Pickett, man. I mean, (laughs) Kenny Pickett, he he won on Christmas Eve, dude. He beat the Raiders on Christmas Eve. Ghost of Franco Harris watching from across the way on the bridge. A lot of cojones for Kenny. I feel pretty good about what the Steelers did at quarterback, given all the options this offseason. This is a team that was originally going to go Mitch Trubisky for the regular season. They found Kenny Pickett in the draft and said, oh, he's still available. Let's take this kid. The kid right across the street that played for Pitt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the problem with Trubisky not being aggressive enough, him and Deontay having back and forths, all right, they're going to the kid, and Pickett has put together a pretty decent season so far. 
The Steelers still have a chance, Adam, to go nine and eight. At two and six at the bye week, everybody and their mother counted this team dead, and they can still have a winning season. That's that's incredible to me. And you give a lot of credit to Kenny Pickett. Oh God, here we go. We'll talk about that coming up next. Steelers Ravens preview as well. Greg and I are also in the same studio for the first time in podcast history, and we haven't made eye contact once. It's fourth down in the Steel City. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Ah, fourth down in the Steel City. It's Crowley. It's Finley. Colin's off on a beach somewhere drinking beers, maybe. I don't know. He's probably doing burpees and CrossFit stuff on the beach. It doesn't matter. It's Finley and Crowley. And I just burped into the microphone. It's very early in the morning. It's a lot earlier than our... I'm doing it again, burping more. It's a lot earlier than our usual recording time. So please bear with me. I think I still have morning voice... It's coming through kind of deeply. It doesn't matter. Finley! I think you sound better now than you do at home because your daughter's always sleeping and you're trying to be quiet. (laughs) You're sounding pretty vocal today. Good point by you. (laughs) So the Steelers have won five games since the bye week. They're five and two. They were two and six beforehand. And you and all these Mike Tomlin slappies want to give this guy so much credit (laughs) and you want to throw flowers at his feet. And I'll say this. Yes. It's been a wonderful turnaround. The schedule obviously helps. They have got better. They're running the ball more effectively. They're not turning it over. They've largely played better defense. This is a better football team now than it was before the bye week. But I still can't say it's a great job by Tomlin because when you start 2-6, and six, you start 2-6. and six. This portion has been a good job by Tomlin. The turnaround has been a good job by Tomlin. But the season on a whole, I still can't give the guy an A or a B or anything like that. That's fair. If, if oh, they still turn right. around a winning season, though, you can't you can't say, like, okay, they were 2-6, and six, he completely lost his team, Tomlin sure. can't keep his team. Because they turned it around, they're playing for this guy. They want a, win- a winning season for him more than he does. So they, they respect him so much. That's why, you know, I, I don't get the hate for Tomlin because the players respect him. They want to play for him. They're not like the Houston Texans that are going two twelve and one whenever they started two and six. That that's that's all I'm saying. Like guys like Nathaniel Hackett who have Russell Wilson and all of those weapons at wide receiver and that defense it goes four and eleven and gets himself fired. Like You're right about that. But I don't compare Mike Tomlin to, and you can tell me if I'm wrong and that I should do this, but I don't compare Mike Tomlin to Nathaniel Hackett. I don't compare him to, God, who the hell's the coach of the Houston Texans? I forget. Isn't it Lovey Smith? It is Lovey Smith. What are they doing? My God. I mean, congratulations to Lovey on getting an opportunity to come back into the NFL after mm, losing lots of games at Illinois yep. where – We've actually seen you can actually win games. Anyway, I don't compare Mike Tomlin to those guys. I compare Mike Tomlin to excellence because that's what I think the Steelers organization needs to be striving for. And at the end of the season, if I look there at the standings and I see the Steelers at 9-8, and eight, 
while I will admire the team playing hard for Tomlin and the schematical adjustments even were made since the buy, and there have been some, there's no doubt about that, I can say that's good, but if you were good enough to win nine, you should have been good enough to win ten. And what I mean by that is if you win nine and you miss the playoffs, you should have still got into the playoffs by winning one of those absolutely attainable games earlier on in the season. That's what will always leave the bad taste in my mouth. I can't blame him, though, for Kenny Pickett throwing a pick to the Jets in the final minutes of a game that they should have ran the clock out. Why not? He didn't practice all week and was thrust into the middle of a game when Kenny Pickett didn't know he was going to be playing in that football game. I think Mike Tomlin could have prepared Kenny Pickett more for success. All right. That's a fair argument. And and, and I can't can't. The one that I won't do is is the Patriots game. Because Gunnar Olszewski said, ooh, let me try to catch the ball with my helmet instead of my hands. That's one that I won't put on Mike Tomlin. Correct. Although, I mean, why the hell are they bring that guy in in the first place? But is that on Tomlin or is that on or is that on Colbert? I think Colbert was still the general manager when they brought in that ass. So, I don't know. I, I, and it also is worth mentioning they didn't have T.J. Watt for a good bit of those games, too. It's not worth mentioning that because it hurts my argument. So Exactly. Just, that's why I'm bringing No, we, we, we scoot right past that one. I mean, so I will say, all the $100 million defense people, you can't say it's a $100 million defense when you don't have T.J. Watt out there. Correct. I mean, obviously, it's not the same defense. However, you had T.J. Watt out there the last time they played the Ravens. You say... You can't blame the defense at all. All they've talked about this week on the defensive side, Finley, is that they got pushed around by this Ravens rushing attack this last time, and they can't let it happen again. So how's it feel to be so terribly wrong about the defense not having anything to do with that loss to Baltimore the first time around? They gave up 16 points, and Trubisky threw two picks inside the red zone where they should have at least gotten a field goal where they would have had the lead and won the game. That's my argument. And it's a salient one, and I understand where you're coming from. And the offense deserves much blame, and Mitch Trubisky should be fired into the sun. I don't, I don't think I said the defense was blameless uh, though when it came to the Ravens game because they shouldn't have allowed, um, they shouldn't have allowed the run game to kill them so much because right. they knew they knew what the game plan was that Huntley can't throw the ball very well, and that they were just going to hand the ball off to Dobbs or Huntley was going to run. So the defense is definitely worth blame for giving up all those rushing yards. Yeah, and I will usually fall on the side of you give up 16 points, that's good enough to win. But Baltimore understood the assignment with their backup quarterbacks in the game, (laughs) which was, okay, we got to give up 14, and we got to take the ball away, and we got to take the ball away in critical moments. The Steelers' defense simply needed to give up 13 points. Bang analysis this Huntley guy let me tell you a secret about him he's not very good and Ravens fans this offseason there were some who said you know what maybe you don't pay Lamar Jackson maybe you build the roster up you don't pay the quarterback 40 million dollars and you see what can happen with Huntley and you know what they have won games but this Huntley he's throwing the ball on average 5.8 yards down the field. (laughs) That is no good. Joe Flacco, he's throwing it not as deep down the field. And there's one other guy, I forget who it is, who's not attempting to make throws down the field at all. Uh, I forget who it is. It, it 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 might be Zach Wilson. It might just be it might just be the Jets quarterback or Jacoby Brissett maybe. 
He didn't throw the ball deep very much. It's somebody ah, – I heard it the other day. It's somebody who is affiliated with former AFC North Ball. Maybe it's Andy Dalton, regardless. Oh, yeah. There's a good that, – that might be it. That's a, that is an <laughs> educated guess, if ever there has been one. But Huntley's got a quarterback rating of 76.6. He's throwing the ball on average 5.8 yards down the field. You got to stop the run in this one. You just – you have to. And the Steelers showed us that they can do it against Carolina – they could do it against one of the best runners in football, uh, in Jacobs, and what we saw against Las Vegas on Christmas Eve. You got to stop the run. And I don't want to hear, oh, they got a mobile quarterback. That's an extra guy you got to account for. Okay, tough. You don't have to account for him in the passing game. You're playing Navy. Stop the run. Win the damn game. Let let Deshaun Jackson beat you if you're, if you're going to get beat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Make Huntley throw the ball. We watched... I don't know if everybody watched it, but when there was football on a couple of Saturdays ago when the Browns played the Ravens, the Browns' defense had one goal, and it was to stop the run. And they didn't do it very effectively because Dobbins still ran all over them, but they did it enough that they only gave up three points to the Ravens. Like, you can give up a couple of run plays, fine, but don't let them gash you all day long. Right. You need to make them throw the ball because Huntley can't throw the ball. He cannot. And they will, they'll crease you. Like, they might hit a 38-yarder or something like that. Okay, I can deal with that. Yes. What I can't deal with is like the final drive of the game where the Steelers couldn't get off the field, which is everyone in the world knows they're going to run. You don't have Minka in the box. They hit you for six. Now it's second down and four, and again, you're defending Navy, and they've got three plays if they want to to get four yards, and you don't put Minka in the box until second down. Come on. Be better than and that. And they went for on fourth and one on their own 35 and got it. Like, that's just sad. Like, Harbaugh legitimately Harb. said, these guys can't stop us, and we're going to prove it by going for on our own 35-yard line. Harb. I love you, Harb. <laughs> and then that thing you brought up about Huntley, it's because the Ravens go 4-0 and every preseason, or 3-0 and every preseason, <laughs> that their fans are like, oh my gosh, we don't lose preseason games. This quarterback's the best. Why would we pay Lamar when we can just play Huntley? And, yeah, I... You know what? Three weeks ago, we did the whole, would you rather have John Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin conversation? Mm -hmm. You know what's the tiebreaker? Preseason success. Harbaugh all day, baby. (laughs) We give you our predictions for Steelers, Ravens, next. Fourth down in the Steel City. Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City, Steelers, Ravens. First question, Finley: Is this game meaningful when the ball? Gets put in the air, eight fifteen Sunday night. Yeah, because I think the Patriots have a legitimate chance to beat Miami because the game is in New England. If it was in Miami, I'd give them a zero percent chance because the Dolphins own the Patriots in Miami. Doesn't yeah, even matter with who Brady, the quarterback didn't is. Didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, right. it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. But you know, this whole Tua being out with a concussion. 
and Teddy Bridgewater. Come on, Teddy two gloves against this defense? I don't see it. I really don't. New England has had two games, the the Raiders game that really hurt them, and then last week where they fumbled the ball inside the 10-yard line when they were almost about to come back against the Bengals. they got to play with their head on fire and act like they actually want to make the playoffs. That's why I think they're going to win this game. So this game will matter on Sunday Night Football. If they played like their heads were on fire, they would be dead, Greg. What does that mean, play with <laughs> play with their heads on fire? It means act like you actually want to win. They didn't do it in the Raiders game, oh. and they didn't do it in the Bengals game. Well, I hope the Seahawks play like they get hit by a bus. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I think it means they play good football and beat the Jets. Here's here's the thing a lot of people are getting wrong. Like You nailed it. The only thing, as I put my feet up now on the desk, we get real comfortable for fourth down in the Steel City. Here's the thing that that doesn't need to happen. If the Jets win... The Steelers are still alive if New England wins. Yes. Because those teams can tie the final week of the season, which would get the Steelers into the playoffs. So all you need for this game to actually count is New England to beat Miami. You're rooting against Miami. Realistically, you're rooting for the Jets to lose as well. And I think Geno Smith's going to exact some revenge, man. It's the Geno Smith... I'm good bowl game. He's trying to prove to New York that they F this whole damn thing up and that if they had Geno Smith, I realize it's like seven years later, (laughs) but if they had Geno Smith, I'll tell you what, the Jets might be a Super Bowl team this year. How about them apples in the big apple? I mean, they got the weapons. They just don't have the quarterback, so I I wouldn't disagree with that, but... Uh, Geno Smith just needed a change of scenery because everywhere he's played other than Seattle has not gone his way. You talk about Revenge Bowl. He did it to Denver on Monday Night Football when everybody and their mother took the Broncos. Like, oh, Russell Wilson against his former team. And Geno Smith was just like, all right, whatever, man. I'll ball out against the Broncos, against this guy that used to play for our team. Why wouldn't he ball out at home against the Jets? This guy's a pro bowler. He's going to ball out. Come on. Seattle's winning this game. Seattle is winning that game. New England's also winning. And I think by midnight, you're going to be looking at the Steelers needing really one thing to happen for them to get into the playoffs. Well, that's not true because they got to beat the Browns. I think they're going to beat the Browns. Too. I think the Steelers do finish 9-8, and eight, Greg. I think you're going to be looking at all you need is Mike White and the New York Jets. To beat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday for the Steelers to get into the playoffs. Because I've already I've already it's done. Buffalo's beating New England. Correct. <laughs> I think you're gonna I think you're gonna need one result independent of Pittsburgh for them to make the playoffs coming next weekend. I really do. I think it's gonna come down to one effing game. And it comes down to the Jets to beat the Dolphins. Now what was it? What was it? That last might be year? the most. That might be the one that's the hardest. What was it last year that they needed in the one o'clock slate, and they got it? It was Jacksonville. Jacksonville, it was Jacksonville, Jacksonville beating Indy. They got that. Why can't was, the Jets beat the Dolphins? You're, you're right. I mean, and it was what was it? Twenty-one nothing. I remember looking at the score, and I was working at my old place, so I was actually I was working for the Steelers radio network at the time. Uh huh. And I'll tell you what. I don't know if I should say this. These are these are good friends of mine. We weren't all. We weren't exactly hoping that Jacksonville would win that game. 
We were ready to be done with Steelers football. You didn't want to play Kansas City. Well, right. The new Steelers would get their ass kicked. What we didn't know was that there was going to be a horrific snowstorm that was going to attempt to kill all of us on our way out of the studio after the Steelers got beat by 21 by Kansas City. Yes. But we did not want that. We wanted the Steelers to beat Baltimore because, come on, of course. But we weren't necessarily rooting for Jacksonville to beat Indianapolis. And we looked down and it's 21 nothing. Son of a gun. Steelers are going to need a Ben Roethlisberger fourth quarter comeback, but dear God, we're going to have playoff football next week. And I then you Steelers... almost got a tie on Sunday Night Football that would have ended that. <laughs> that, dude, I slept through the whole game. Oh, it, it, no. That might be, this is a topic, but we don't have time to get into it now. Maybe we'll do it never. That is one of the biggest regrets that I've ever had from a sports not watching standpoint, is missing that game in the craziness. Because it was so close to being a tie. Correct. And it's the only thing that would have kept the Steelers at home. It's Correct. so improbable. <laughs> I was watching that because, you know, I work graveyard shift. So I'm watching that game glued in and I'm thinking, is this really how this is going to go? Like everything has gone the Steelers way today. And then it's going to end in a tie because you just saw the coaches give each other the look like, hey, we can end in a tie and both make the playoffs. But then Staley called timeout, and the Raiders were like, all right, screw you, man. And so Steelers get in, and they get pounded by Kansas City. And if the Steelers get in again this year, unfortunately, they're going to get pounded by Kansas City or Buffalo. But I'm okay with that because you've got Kenny Pickett, and there's growth there. You can learn. I'd Let- rather they make the playoffs than not make the playoffs. Absolutely. And anybody arguing otherwise, why don't you take your head and shove it up your ass? <laughs> Until next week. It's been fourth down in the Steel City.